0: Guys, uh, welcome. This morning we're going to continue talking about loving our neighbor. We're going to do it by looking at the last of the Ten Commandments. Now, uh, it, it's important. Uh, the Ten Commandments, some people have said, are, uh, are copied in, in secular moral code throughout the world. But I want to prove to you this morning that's actually not true. See, uh, people all over the world in different cultures and tribes and nations and tongues, they do have moral codes or moral laws, but none of them does what the Tenth Commandment does. You see... Laws, for the most part, well, actually, all laws except this one are, are meant to govern the external. Don't do this, do this. Like, it's like, hey, hey. so don't speed. Don't go over a certain amount. So that governs the external. Can you imagine, however, if the government passed a law and said, no, 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 I'll tell you what, uh, it's against the law to even think about speeding, uh, it's against the law to want to speed. And, and you would go, wait a second, who are you? You can't judge my thoughts, you can't. But, but God can. And, and so God does something amazing when it comes to the 10th commandment. Uh, this is what he says, Deuteronomy 5, verse 21. He says, do not covet your neighbor's wife, or desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male or female slave, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor." And so there with the 10th commandment, God goes so much further than any kind of external code of ethics. He says, you know what? You can't even think the wrong thoughts about your neighbor because that is not loving. So this morning, that's what I want to talk to you about. How do we love our neighbor well? And, uh, and so two things very quickly. I want you to know first and foremost that you can't love your neighbor if you're not content with God's blessing in your own life. Let me say that again. You can't love your neighbor. In fact, I'd say it's impossible to love your neighbor if you're not content with God's blessings in your own life. And so I want to do this very quickly. I just want to kind of define what what coveting is. And, And so I'm going to borrow a definition from Mark Driscoll. I actually think he kind of nails it on this. He says, coveting is ungodly, discontented desire ungodly, discontented desire. You kind of see that in in our definition that that you can't love your neighbor if you're not content with God's blessing in your own life. So he says it's ungodly, discontented desire. And secondly, he says this, and and I, I like this, it's simple and straightforward. It's when you don't want what God wants for you. That's what coveting is. When you don't want what God wants for you. And so, so big picture Bible, like big picture, uh, you know, hovering above all of life uh, is, is, is this truth. The Bible says that everything good in our life is from God. Everything good in our life is from God. In, in fact, James writes it this way. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So everything good in our life is, is from God. And I want you to think about it these three ways, Okay. So this is, everything good in your life is given by God, it's given to you, and get this, don't miss the last one, it's given for you, okay? It's given by God, it's given to you, and get this, it is given for you. And that last one is huge because it means that God has given it specifically for you. What, what, what he's given you is not for me, it's, it's for you. That's why James says it's perfect, These are good and perfect gifts. Why are they perfect? Because they're they're from God. They're to me. But they're also for me. God gives me exactly what I need. Exactly what I need. Okay? And so so that's a a huge deal. And so we just kind of start there. So then coveting, guys, involves rejecting that. When I covet, I reject what God says is perfect for me. And instead, I replace that with a desire for something that's perfect for someone else. Right? Something that God has given someone else, He's given it to them, He's given it for them, it's perfect for them, and I replace what God has said is perfect for me with with something that's perfect for them, and I begin to desire and want those things. Coveting is is Cain wanting the blessing that God gave Abel. Right? Coveting is is Israel wanting a king so they could be like all the surrounding nations. Coveting is the older brother uh, wanting a party like the prodigal son. And all of that stems from the same place in our heart that we talked about week one. That selfish nature we all possess, right? That selfish nature we all possess. And so uh, the question then is, is how can we curb that nature? What's the cure? Well, according to Paul, uh, the, cure, the cure for coveting is contentment. Listen to what he writes in Philippians chapter 4, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. He says, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with a little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Notice those last two highlighted portions. I've learned the secret of being content. Right? And what's the secret of being content? Ready? That I'm able to do all things through Him who gives me strength. So I want to revisit this, this thing that I'm talking to you about this morning. So everything that we have uh, that's good in our life is from God. It's to me. It's for me so that God can work through me. Okay? I'm going to say that again. Everything good that you have in your life is from God. It's to you. It's also for you. It's perfect for you. And it's so that God can work through you. Which means that there are going to be times in your life that you will have more because that's what God needs you to have in order to use you in the way that He intends during that season. And there's going to be times that you're going to have less because that's what God needs you to have during that season so that He can use you in maybe a different way than He would in a season that you think you're full. Right? So I learned to be content because I understand that everything in my life is good. Everything good in my life, it's from God. It's to me. It's for me. And it's always so that he can use me. So that he can use me. So that's the first thing we have to understand, guys, is we can't love our neighbor if we are not content with God's blessing in our own lives. Second thing I want you to see, and this is why it's so important. It's why it's so important. Because coveting always leads to division, Right? Coveting always leads to division because it turns people I am designed to delight in into targets of disdain. Okay? Coveting always leads to division because it turns people I am designed to delight in into targets of disdain. And so uh, here is, is God's goal for us when it comes to relationships. This is how we should respond when someone in our life is blessed by God. Ready? Uh, Romans 12, 15. It says, Rejoice! With those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That's God's design, right? So, God's design for me is that I would delight in others' blessings. That, that when someone is blessed, I would rejoice. Man, I'm so glad that you guys got that new house. I'm, I'm so glad that, that, that the Lord provided a way that you could get that new vehicle. I'm, I'm so glad, right? And we're rejoicing in those moments that we're, that's God's design for our life. But, when that selfish desire takes over, and instead of rejoicing, we, we, we want what God says is perfect for someone else. We want that for our own life, right? When we do that, it, 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 instead of creating a closeness where we're delighting in our brother, it, it does the opposite. It creates division uh, where we, we have great disdain or hate for our brother. This is what it says in James chapter 4. It says, what's the source of wars and fights among you, do they? Uh, don't they come from from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and you don't have. You murder and you covet and you cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures instead of delight. Coveting causes division. It leads to great disdain or hate, and ultimately, guys, it could lead to grave sin. Did you notice it says you murder because you don't have, right? Why did, why did Cain kill his brother? Because he didn't have the blessing that his brother got. Now, that was on him, but he wanted something that wasn't his, and it created that division. What was supposed to be delight turned into great hate, right? And so what do we, what do, we do with this? When we understand, the second most important thing I can do in the world is love people. And I have a problem in my heart, because I am selfish, right? And I'm selfish, and I have a tendency to look at other people and, and the way that God has blessed them. And I want their blessing, right? By the way, that means we're all Cain, okay? So you think, I, I couldn't kill anybody. Yes, you could, right? You could. Those desires with you, they're there. And so, so how do I correct that? Step one to correcting it, guys, is a belief that God's good, right? That's the very first thing we, we just have to believe God is good, right? And, and I know as Christians we say that, right? God is good all the time, all the time, right? We say that, but I'm saying you, you can't just say You've got to believe it. You, you have to believe that God is good when you get the raise, and you have to believe that God is good when you lose the job. Right? You have to believe that God is good when the cupboard is full. And you have to believe that God is good when you're making leftover stew. Right? I mean, you've got to believe that God is good in all circumstances because everything good in my life is given from God to me, for me. It's perfect. And it's all given so that He can work through me. Right? And so whatever season you find yourself in, I'm telling you, God has you there for a reason. Because He wants to use you. And I don't know about you, that concept just changes. It transforms the way I think about my life and my situation. So, Lord, you're telling me there's a reason that I'm in this season. There's a reason for this. You want to use me. And so maybe I, I, I'm in a place that I find, myself, I, I, I find myself wanting, if I'm being honest. But then I look to God and I go, wait a second, God, you're good. You've given me all that, my need, all that I need. It, it, it's to me. It's for me. And it's also you can actually work through me right now then, Lord, I can accept that. I can accept that because your kingdom is so much better than anything I tend to work for, right? So, yes, Lord, use me right now, right here. I, I, I'm going to be content in this lot right now. I'm going to be content in this lot. Uh, number two, not only believing that God is good, but counting our blessings will be key. Counting our blessings, right? And and so daily, we need to count our blessings, right? Count your many blessings, count them one by one. Uh, So we we need to daily count our blessings, but especially in those times that we are tempted, right, uh, to want someone else's lot in life, right? We want someone else's lot in life. Their lot usually seems bigger than ours. Their lot usually seems greener than ours. What we don't see is that there's a massive sewage problem on their lot, right? There are lots full with a, a whole bunch of manure that you can't smell from where you are. But trust me, it's there. That's why the grass is green. And uh, so like, like you just, just, when, if you find yourself coveting, just know that the grass is greener over there because there's a whole lot of poo involved. I'm just saying. Uh, and, and so we've got we to gotta find a way to be content. And that way to be content is to count our blessings, which leads to the third point. Uh, once we do that, we believe God is good, we've counted our blessings, then we can be content and we can thank God for what we have. Can I ask you a question? When is the last time in prayer that you didn't ask God for anything, but instead you thanked Him for everything you're going through because you know that you're enduring it so that He can use you to impact His kingdom? It's been a while, right? I mean, some of you are like, no, that was this morning. Praise God for you, right? Right? Many of us, Lord, I need this. Lord, I need this. God, if you'll just do this, I will serve you the rest of my days. Come on, who else pray that prayer? Anybody else? Just me? I'm the only sinner in the room. God, if you'll just do this, then I will. I mean, mean, we, we pray those prayers. And listen, sometimes God's going, man, I have you right where I want you so that I can use you. Open your eyes. Know that the kingdom's big. And know that there's a reason for what you're going through right now. Let me use you. Let me use you. By the way, I would just submit to you that um, I have found in my own life that God uses me a whole lot when the cupboard's bare, right? Now, now those those moments where it's not, he can use me in different ways to give to others and to bless others, and that's cool too. But, man, God uses me a whole lot when my cupboard's bare. You know, when I'm having those prayer times where I'm like, God, I need this, I need that. He's like, no, you've got everything you need. What you need to do is go bless somebody. What you need to do is go love somebody. Right. So sometimes I got to get over my pity party so that God can use me to impact his kingdom. Because what I'm going through is exactly what somebody else is going through. And if I weren't going through it, I couldn't talk to them about it. Right. Important. Lastly, uh, we have to genuinely rejoice with our neighbors. We have to genuinely rejoice with our neighbors. That's what we're designed to do. We're designed to rejoice with our neighbors, right? Uh, I, let me challenge you with this. The next time somebody in your life is blessed in a way that you kind of start immediately, that selfishness rises up in you, and you're kind of like, I wish I had a fill-in-the-blank, whatever it is they got. Whatever it is they got. The next time that happens, ready? I want you to take them out to dinner or to throw a party for them. I want you, I want you to celebrate with them. The next, time. the next time somebody gets the new car, or they move in the new house, or they get the raise, right? So you don't, you don't turn inward and go, oh man, I'm never... like, Why does God not do that for me? Why? Like, just go rejoice with them. Hug them. Like, man, I'm so glad God has opened this door for you. So glad. Can I rejoice with you? Because that's what God calls us to do. And just let that be your witness and see what God does with that. See what God does. Guys... Our world is in need of love. Our world is in need of love. Ages ago, we sang the hymn in churches like this, the world will know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they will know that we are Christians by our love. I am afraid all too often today, the world doesn't know that we're Christians because of our lack of love. One of the keys to getting it right is understanding how God works in your life. God is good. Everything in your life is given by Him to you, for you, so that He can work through you. And if you'll believe it, it has the power to change the way you view this world. Alright? Would you pray with me? Father, thank You for loving us. Thank You for Your Word, which is good and endures forever. We pray this morning, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would help these truths sink in, God, that you'd help these truths sink in, that we might, uh, we might want to be these kind of people. God, I pray this morning that by the power of your Spirit, you would show us all the ways that we've reacted poorly when others in our life were blessed, the ways that we have been selfish and instead of rejoicing that we've turned inward and we've wanted and we've coveted what they have. God, every time this week when we catch ourselves longing for something that you haven't intended for us, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would point it out and that we would be able to confess it and immediately, immediately in prayer begin to thank you for the ways you have blessed us and that we would have the vision to see how you want to use where we are to impact your kingdom today. Jesus, we ask this in your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.